0: Being able to do that um, is an act of independence. is a way to like explore what that means in different avenues. But I also think baking doesn't have baking, or even cooking doesn't have to be for someone else. It can be for yourself. And I, like, I think a lot of times you are told to do things like women. It's like everything you do is for someone else.
1: Podcast where we explore the interesting intersection between unique things. I am Ted Tyler, and I'm joined today in studio. I'm a friend and partner in radio, Joel Sam. Joel, how are you doing today? Okay, first of all, we're not in studio. Don't lie to the don't lie to the fans. But we are in studio. I mean, we're in different studios. I'm in my studio in College Station, and you're in you know the metropolis of Bryan. So. You know, we're in studio and it's live. It's you know, it's it's good radio. Ted, do you know what live means? I do know what live it's live for us. (laughs) You're right, it is live for
2: us. Yeah, thanks for that. I'm I'm doing well. You want to introduce our guest and our topic?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. So today we have a really interesting topic, one that I am not knowledgeable about at all. So I'm looking forward to today's discussion. Today, we're gonna be talking about baking and feminism two topics that I am not qualified at all to talk about. But when you have great friends that are really interesting and have really unique hobbies and thoughts, they're uniquely qualified to do that. So today we are joined by our friend Hannah Glass. Hannah, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, kind of um, how you got to College Station, all that stuff.
0: Yeah, thanks, Ted and Joel. I'm excited to Beyond, um honored to be a guest. Um yeah, I am just a recent grad, graduated from the University of Georgia in May twenty nineteen to go dogs, if anyone's listening. Um, and I moved out to Bryan College Station. Um, a few months afterwards I work in a um Christian ministry context and um loving living in a small town and um yeah, I've been baking since um, I was, I think could breathe, probably, <laughs> um, and a uh, big fan of running and reading and doing all sorts of unique things that um, people usually find boring, so <laughs> excited to be here.:
1: So you've been baking for a long time. Can you tell us exactly what you bake, and maybe tell us like how you got into that hobby?
0: Yeah, so I actually, baking is something that was passed down um, through my family. So my mom is probably one of the best cooks, bakers I know. Um, she, as all I can remember, we always had something homemade dessert every single night. Um, we always had fresh gourmet meals all the time. Our Kitchen Aid mixer, the stand mixer was my great grandmother's like it's something that's been passed down like my grandmother would come every Christmas and would um make me come in the kitchen with them and bake with them so it's always been something that's a part of my life and really part of our family too um kind of the generational aspect to it which is really fun for me uh I got more serious about baking in the sense of being regular with it um, probably about my senior year of college I um when you went go to school you know not in a dorm for a little bit so there was no kitchens so you're not doing anything except for the dining hall, and just didn't really have that time or space and then I decided that I really wanted to get back into it um my senior year and just went to the store and bought the basic bag of flour sugar vanilla um I think it's like the 99 cent vanilla. It's not even real vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I could make on my 725 an hour part time job budget, like that's what I bought, and um, just was like, I'm gonna do this. And so I taught myself how to bake bread, and decided to find the, the perfect chocolate chip cookie recipe, and loved it so much, and just continue doing it. Now my big thing uh, is bread, as Ted is aware. Um, he has partaken with my bread. Um, that is my kind of main hobby. Although right now, flour is kind of hard to find and yeast. So kind of branching out to other in <laughs> the past couple of weeks, but mostly bread, sourdough, French loaf.
2: Well, my roommate panic bought two bags of flour at the beginning of the pandemic, and I'm pretty sure he's not going to use any of it. So I might might have to like sneakily drop that off at your house.
0: Exactly. Thank you. Because that's what I was thinking I'm so going into it as like this has prepared me for this moment. Like, I am a, like make homemade bread. That's all I eat. Like, I am ready for a pandemic. And then all the yeast and flour is gone. And like who all of a sudden is baking all the time? People who
2: don't know what they're doing.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, but it's okay. I'm sure we all we all need some flour in the house and encourage people to start a new hobby.
2: Okay, so you mentioned Hannah that you've been baking as long as you could breathe have you also been a feminist as long as you could breathe (laughs) or what's that story been like for you?
0: (laughs) Um, Well, I guess you could say yes. I don't, I think that the word feminist is a, it's a, it's a, it's a hard title. Um, I think there's a lot of emotions behind what that means and everyone has a different, different definition of it. So I think it's important to, maybe conceptualize like what um feminism means or being a feminist in 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 the discussion. Um from my perspective, I see it as just the general dignity of women in, in society that um, you know, you can look at history that women have typically been more oppressed in society, not seen as equal value. Um and so just seeing that everyone has an equal value, different, you know, I definitely subscribe to more of the different roles that um, men and women have, but like, so some feminists wouldn't think I'm a feminist because of that, but um, just seeing that we all have equal dignity, that we all have the same worth and value. Um, and also thinking of feminism and sort of a femininity side of like, what does it mean to be a woman and being okay with being different than men and on an equal playing field? Um, so I think that's an important part to start with that. Um, I think as an angsty teenager, for sure, um, I, it was definitely, um, I've always been part of an academic, uh, leaning student, person, I guess. And so I would, um, did a lot of, would watch the news every night in junior high and high school and would read New York times before class, you know, very, I was really cool in high school. <laughs> Can't pick up all that. Um,
1: sure. Sure.
0: <laughs> but and I had some friends that are still are very, very active in, um, I guess more of a like activism and political arenas. Like they're the ones that studied the stuff in college and are working for companies, organizations that are, um, wanting some sort of like social justice realm or political activism realm. Um, So I was kind of exposed to that. I think I really remember having an argument with my parents one time, like probably in 10th grade and like angsty journaling about like equal rights for women. (laughs) Um, But I think, yeah, it's always been something that's kind of been. I've seen like always recognize in the world that, okay, there's something that's off, that's something that's not right. um, And that there needs to be like, especially like maybe not necessarily with me, but like in other societies, other communities as well um, and wanting to, um, but always wanting to like change that and restore dignity to women because I am a woman. So
1: No, I think it's great that you, I mean, I always appreciate when people define what words mean, like as a linguist to me, words are important mm-hmm. and how you choose to define a definition, I think is good. So I appreciate how you define that. Yeah. So I have some questions for you. I mean, you know, you went to school in Georgia, you know, the heart of the South. Yes. You work in a, a Christian ministry. What do you think are some of the challenges to being a feminist in like very Southern culture and in a Christian ministry context? Like what are some of those challenges maybe that yeah. come just from being in those environments?
0: Yeah, um, that's a great question. I Definitely. I mean, not only in the South, I was in a sorority in a state school in, in you know the deep South. Um, I think the challenges can be the misunderstanding of what it means to say, like when you refer to feminism or refer to um, the, e- the equality of worth for women. Because I think because of just the volatile history with it um and the really deep feelings of especially in a religious context or the deep feelings of you know older generations who went through like such radical change um it can be really polarizing and then also just I think there's a lot of polarizing things in general in society right now and um it can be really difficult for me I found it more difficult with in as a, as a kid in my family um, because I would get really frustrated with um, I was always asked to on holidays I was forced to go help in the kitchen which now I love to but as a kid I wanted to play my new Wii game that my little brother was able to go play but I couldn't go mm. and I would always just throw a huge fit about it um which now I was like I want to serve my family but um
2: but you don't want to have to and you don't want that that to be disproportionate.
0: Exactly. And it's like, you know, if we know, if, you know, if he, his personality maybe isn't like, wouldn't really necessarily be like, yeah, I'm excited to help in the kitchen. Um, But like, I think that was always frustrating for me. And like having that struggle as a, like growing up within a family context. Um, my mom is an incredibly independent, strong woman. And my parents really empower me a lot of ways, but like that would always like great my gears a little Um. And I think in within a religious context, um, I just remember, especially in school, just like, I think struggling with that conversation, my swordy sisters were very, uh, are very independent, very, kind of our whole thing was about empowerment of women. And there's like a quote, some like empower women, empower women kind of, that was like on t-shirts, like girl power. So like with those friends, it was very much like, if you're not this, like, what are you doing? And then I had a lot of other friends that were really unsure about it. And I think trying to find that balance of, again, like defining what we're talking about. And because, you know, you run into conversations that were just really uncomfortable or I just wouldn't say anything because I didn't want to be seen as something I knew that I wasn't. But I was afraid of having that conversation. Um, Definitely been talked down to. A lot (laughs) um, about things that I definitely knew what was going on, Um, or just kind of having a lot of a fear to talk about um, what that would look like, or like what feminism means in those in that realm. I guess.
1: So I I have a follow up question to that. We've talked about just some of like what feminism to you means. Do you think there's anything that maybe it doesn't mean? to you but maybe it does mean to other feminists and could you just comment on that
0: yeah well um i kind of mentioned a little bit earlier you know i do like believe that um men and women are different like having different roles that like i am made differently and that's a good thing um it's just like i don't i don't want to be expected to be like a man in a business setting because i'm not like i have my own strengths and my own viewpoints that are different than men um and i know some some women, some friends of mine don't, um, agree with that. They would maybe say like that we're all exactly the same and that they can, um, we can do anything. We can do the same things. But we can do it differently because we're just different. They don't always see it that way. Um, I think some other people would probably define it. Um, or what's, well, I don't think it is, you know, I think it is about restoring. Um, and it's not about suddenly becoming stronger or, um, you know, you might hear a lot of like, okay, we should only have women do all these things. And it's like, yes, it has been historically only one gender doing it before. But if we really want true, like, justice for all, it's about having the equality and the dignity, and it's not about suddenly asserting power. And so I don't, I, I really don't think that, um, and that's true of a lot of different, like, areas in society. It's like, it's not about suddenly asserting power when you haven't never had any. It's about being on the equal playing field or the, um, i also you know i don't think i think it's about making sure we celebrate the differences of like men are so important to our society and to our businesses our churches our um like social groups like all those things and just just like women it's like we all have something to bring to the table um and it's not about saying that one or the other is better or worse Mm
2: -hmm. yeah thanks for that i uh i try to describe myself as a feminist but i try to avoid doing that too often because Mm -hmm. as a man i have intrinsic biases and viewpoints that prevent me from truly understanding the female perspective and so Mm -hmm. i usually use the term aspiring feminist um especially because like i lack like i haven't been mansplained to you know i haven't Mm um been instructed to be in the kitchen or whatever and so the you know i although because i haven't personally experienced those microaggressions i don't know that i can fully encapsulate that perspective but i do yeah. seek to learn as much as i can and seek to do my part in breaking down toxic aspects of societal masculinity so i'm i'm curious um about how feminism and baking tie together because You know, if you think historically, like I would, I would typically assume that baking was something that's quote unquote feminine, but, um, I went through a baking phase, actually my freshman year of college, my senior year of high school and my freshman year of college. And I stopped because I realized that baking was not going to help me sustain myself. I was making all these really nice banana breads and then eating frozen pizza. And I was like, this (laughs) diet is not sustainable. Like I'm going to die. So I switched it around. I, I switched to cooking. And I, and I um don't like following recipes. So cooking fits my personality a lot better because I just mm-hmm. I'm not a recipe person. Um, so, yeah, I'm really curious about that intersection. Um, I, yeah. I'm wondering, like, how are you sort of redeeming something that may be considered stereotypical or um, even oppressive in certain extreme variations of it?
1: Joel, I just have to say, I applaud your use of buzzwords. You yeah. used so many buzzwords in that explanation. I'm just beaming with like how well, like how woke you are, how just, <laughs> you know, aware. You, you really need to get some points for that. I'm actually getting, our paid, to I'm getting
2: paid for each buzzword.
0: For each buzzword?
1: Yeah. What's, what's your rate? You've got to keep Vin
2: on the air. Buzzword? I can't disclose that information.
0: 50 cents okay. a word. <laughs> You're getting paid in flour and face masks.
2: I know, right? That's like the the, the new goods in this economy.
0: Exactly. <laughs> well, I also, I want to say that I am not really a recipe person either, which might scandalize any bakers out there. Um, I don't like following recipes. Um, so you have there's a, If you can figure out the science of baking, then you can kind of not follow a recipe. But I'm working on that. And I'm hoping one day to never have to look at a paper again. So,
2: <laughs> well, that's actually, um, another episode of Ven. hopefully one day I've got someone slotted for it. So stay tuned.
0: Oh, stay tuned. amazing. I'm excited. <laughs> um, again, great, great buzzwords right there, Joel. I, yeah, I think that I was actually listening to a podcast about feminism and baking the other day, um, from a, a women's, um, food podcast because those exist <laughs> something for everything um i you know i think baking can be viewed as something only for women or something that is very archaic or old-fashioned you know i think a lot of times like from you know when if, if a woman gets married a lot of times they're like oh here's all this baking stuff all these cooking things you know and it's funny because i had one of my a good friend of mine um get married last year and on a registry is a couple things and i was texting her like you would never use this like why would anyone buy this for you (laughs) um so it's kind of this assumption of like oh now that you're married you will be in the kitchen because you're an adult and um you know i've had a couple of christmases i called them my housewife christmases where i only got kitchen stuff which is like fine but i also kind of like wanted (laughs) other things like legos um no, I wanted a the Hamilton book, but my brother got that. <laughs> What's that?
2: Yeah, only men can be educated in history actually. I don't know if you True. Know.
0: Yeah. That's what my history minor was for was trying to get in with the men. <laughs> um and so I think it can be really easily sidelined as, oh, that's just like something Women do like in the kitchen is like the whole joke of like women are oppressed because they're forced in the kitchen or feminists seeing like the re- like freedom from that being a goal, especially I think maybe or, like first white feminism um in the 20th century. um, But like, I don't really see that at all. Um, I think it really is a place where there is this freedom to like because you have a choice to do it. Um, you know it's like it might used to be a symbol of this is what a woman does or this is what it means like okay like you can only do XYZ and like I mean they kept women for centuries have kept the house running they have kept us sane they have kept you clothed fed educated like the whole nine yards you know it's like those are really good and important things and um, kept the world turning Um, but also it's socially and culturally have been like use as an oppression as well. Um, but like now, like, I mean, I have so many choices beyond what even my mother had in the 80s of what I can just do um and how I'm treated. And it's like baking can be that choice of like, you know what, I can choose to do this and I get to do this. And it's a way of um I think kind of I think there's a new way of reclaiming stuff like that. You know, it's like you don't need to like, you know, burn bras and <laughs> denounce sewing and all these things. It's like, no, like that's such a, like, it can be feminine and it's a good thing. Um, but also wanting, seeing like, okay, let's empower men to bake too. I find a lot of times it's kind of like, oh, like <laughs> it's like kind of a secret. Like, oh, by the way, I do bake, you know, <laughs> at least some, a lot of the guys I know. It's like, why is that? Like you should be able to make some really great chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> like Please like, let's like do that for everyone. We want that. Like we don't want, just want. Goldberry you know we want some good stuff um
2: that Nestle Tollhouse though
0: oh yeah Nestle's way better <laughs> let's be real um I was, that's my go-to
2: I'll never be able to make a chocolate chip cookie as good as Nestle Toll House, so I've given up trying I actually never tried I gave up before I even started
0: I would challenge you on that I I took Nestle Toll House recipe tweaked a little bit and I've gotten phone calls about them being the best cookies you've ever had so I think you could do this Joel okay um, we're gonna empower you to do this. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Um totally just lost. Can you repeat your question, Joel?
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh the question is like, how do you redeem something like yeah. baking that has historically been used to maybe not directly oppressive, but it's almost a symbol of subjugation of women? How do you redeem that and restore it? Uh, yeah. and you you already mentioned some ways like empowering men to bake and just focusing on the fact that, oh, this is my choice. Like I can choose whether or not I want to bake. Um, I think you you adequately answered the question. I think those really um, kind of sum it up. Can you maybe share like your personal experience and were you ever conflicted? Like, Did you ever feel like, oh, my hobby of baking is just propagating a feminine stereotype that I don't want to be associated with? Did you ever fe- feel any internal conflict about that?
0: Not super consciously. I actually really wasn't aware of that tension really um, until maybe a while into it. I was like, well, this is just what I like to do. (laughs) I obviously didn't think deeply about it. Um, But, you know, I think, you know, you get comments like, oh, like, oh my gosh, you made this, like, you'd be such a great wife. And it's Mm -hmm. like, no, I just, I really enjoy baking. Like, that doesn't mean something about my role and also it's like well what about people that can't do this like Mm -hmm. they would be i'm sure they're great too like i don't want to be defined by some talent i have uh, not talent some like hobby i do and um so i think that's when i kind of started noticing it a little bit and thinking i started like reading into it and thinking more about it and um I think I was more afraid of being seen like, as, like, basic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, <laughs> which maybe is part of that. There might be some, like, some sociologists out there might you know, <laughs> be able to comment on that uh, thought. But, um, yeah, I think just being, like, wondering, okay, what does this, like, hobby mean? And I realized, you know, it, for me, it just turned out, like, when I, why I did it and why I did for me, it's a creative outlet. It's, like, I don't have... Um, and it's really scientific and mathematical. So it's like a lot of stuff you have to think through. Um and realizing, okay, well, this is for me is how I express creativity. Um, because I'm not um that artistically inclined. And I think you get to like serve and people. I also went through a phase where I would just eat everything I baked, Joel. Um, and it doesn't go well.
2: That's another reason <laughs> so I do like, bake.
0: Yeah, it's I will say it's hard if you don't have people that's gonna eat it. Um, like my roommates are always trying to give up sugar, which is really unfortunate, but my a lot of people around town' are like that because I end up just dropping them off at their house. But, you know, it just ends up being a way of like, well, this isn't about um, the image. it's about like what I like and want to do, and um you know, it makes people happy, and it makes me happy and um that like I'm not gonna um give up that because of some social stance i'm trying to make or social whatever but i'm also not going to like make that out my identity because that's not who i am either you know i can also really enjoy calculus and um
2: <laughs> do you enjoy calculus
0: i do actually i really love a good calculus equation Op- what is it operational optimization.
2: do you want to switch jobs with me
0: Um, Actually, I would love to be an engineer. I think it'd be so much fun.
1: (laughs) Famous last words. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Wait, can we explore why you think it'd be fun to be an engineer and why you like calculus?
0: Yeah, I um, was really bad at math, and then I took calculus and suddenly wasn't. So I don't know what that was there. Um, (laughs) Like legitimately, like was like, would cry every day in class and I got to AP Calc and was like, this is awesome. I'm like, <laughs> so I think I might be, I don't know. I have a strange brain. I think it's really fun to actually solve problems and create things that can be helpful, which might be the baking thing too. I like to make things that are helpful just in other ways. Engineering maybe solve actual problems. Baking just, you know, warms your heart.
2: I would say that baking has a greater impact on my everyday life than any of the projects I've ever done in engineering.
0: That's a good point. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think Hannah I'm really glad as um so listeners I I work with Hannah and I'm personally glad and personally have benefited from the non-dilemma you feel about baking yeah. because some of the bread that Hannah has brought to our staff meetings or team events really good. And the world would be a much a little bit sadder place without it. So it's always fun. glad to have some warm bread.
0: Uh. I think, you know, I think too, like, bread, I haven't attempted cake because it tastes like a lot of eggs and, you know, I'm still on a budget and that's just a lot to do. Um Bread, cake, all that stuff, you know, it's like cookies, when you bring it to something, like, whether dropping it off for someone or bring it to, like, a meeting, you know, morning meeting, it's like, those things, That's creates an environment of, like, connection like you know when you when you you know quote like eating with people eating a meal with someone sharing food with people and like making it for someone it's just such a really cool way to like build relationships and build friendships and really um get to serve other people and I think I mean what's more empowering than that getting to just be the like the glue that, you know there's nothing like a warm plate of cookies that you put on the table and everyone just just like swarms it you know and suddenly everyone's friends in that moment you know everyone is connected in that and like what i like what more could you ask for in a moment like that's amazing
1: and i've got a take i think that cake is my least favorite baked good. same i think it's what? so overrated. <gasps> i would much rather have a brownie a cookie oh any kind of dessert bar bread but cake is, it's overrated.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Ted, we are soulmates.
0: I i have to disagree. I don't, okay, my Instagram bio <laughs> literally says a, ca- a meeting with, a, a party without cake is just a meeting. I think cake is the best food that you could ever eat. Um, at weddings, I will like try and get multiple pieces of cake. Um, it's really important. I, there's a photo of me at my cousin's wedding. The one photo of me is me eating cake in a corner alone. Um, <laughs> which is just so sad. <laughs> I really love cake. Um, and I I am sad that you don't. But cookies are so much easier to make. Mm. And I so like, uh um, so, I I think-
1: so here's the deal. I love the frosting. If you just like wanted to give me a spoonful of frosting, I I'd call it no. done. False. But just like what? oh,
0: I can eat a whole jar. I despise <laughs> frosting;
1: is my least favorite
2: part.
0: <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't like frosting. Oh, like, I will eat cake if there's frosting. Oh. Like, that's oh. that. That's the thing for me because I, for me, I'd rather just eat. I'd rather not eat the cake part, and it's just it's like empty. Just it's empty Have you calories. Had good cake good. frosting is empty calories. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well,
2: Wait, see, kay. I love cheesecake, tres leches cake, even carrot cake. But just regular cake chocolate cake. or vanilla cakes or, you know, those. I'll, well,
0: what I'll kind eat of cakes them, are y'all eating? I, I don't know.
1: All, all kinds of cakes.
0: What, Ted, have you had Publix cake?
1: I have. You know, I'm a good Georgia boy. That's like, I've, I've, I've been to Publix many a time in my life. We were actually texting about Publix right. the other day. Hey,
2: Publix, if you would like to sponsor the podcast, please just send us an email. We'll let you know our rates oh, and, you know, we'll, we'll sh- throw some shout outs out there.
0: Publix, if you want to move to Texas, I would really support that.
1: And <laughs> Publix, if you would rather just send us a plate of fried chicken instead of cash, we'll take fried chicken instead yes. of cash.
0: <laughs> True. I think, okay, just a quick plug. Um, if you're ever in Athens, Georgia, um, the best college town in the United States per Southern Living Magazine. Debatable. Um, um, I don't know. This is what happened this year. Uh, there's a... Um, restaurant called the last resort grill and there's you can't make reservations so you got to get in and make sure you don't have to wait um but they partner with a bakery called cecilia's and you can either go eat dinner there or you can go up to the, the bar and order just a slice of cake to go which i've done a lot um and it is the best cake you will ever have um i really want to meet find cecilia's bakery i don't know anything about it i just know this cake's amazing athens georgia cecilia's bakery would recommend
2: well we've got a lot of potential sponsors for this episode and on that note we are going to transition to a break so stay tuned Today we have Hannah Glass discussing baking and feminism, and so we've had a great conversation so far exploring the intersection between those two topics, and now it's time for a lightning round. Hannah, are you ready? I think so. You're not ready. Okay. (laughs) Number one, what idea needs to die in the field of baking?
0: Coconut oil in baking substitutes, just stick to the basics, oh my gosh.
1: Mm-hmm. Hannah, if you could meet and have dinner with any person who ever lived, who would it be?
0: Um, as a, a historian, amateur historian, this is very difficult. Um, I'm going to just like go recent history and just say Malala Yousafzai because I want to be your best friend.
2: Nice. Okay. What physical and personality trait do you like best about yourself?
0: <laughs> um i really like my hair um i think my hair is really fun um in personality trait i like that i can keep up with a lot of people like i have like a, a easy for me to like have a lot of people in my life and keep up with everything and like remember stuff i guess Nice. that's not my really personality but
1: uh. Jill, i joel i just have to say before i ask this next question i'm really sad that you've never asked me this question it's so good oh. Okay, Hannah. If you could instantly receive a PhD in any discipline, including all the knowledge and experience that goes along, what would you pick?
0: Oh, this is great! I can do that's a lot. <laughs> Probably, I'd love to get a PhD in um, in history or economics.
2: If you could ask God one question, what would it be?
0: Why?
1: Is that no. it?
0: That's it.
1: That's a really short, direct question. question. Okay. I like it. <laughs> All right, Hannah, which baked good describes your life?
0: Mm. Um, there's a, uh, if you know what Milk Bar is, it's a bakery in Manhattan um, run by the fabulous Christina Tozzi. Um, and there's like a, a cookie called compost cookie, I think. And it just has, she just puts a bunch of random stuff in it. She's like, whatever you have around your house, just throw it in there. And it's just like, I feel like my life, it's just a bunch of random things thrown and baked together. And it kind of turns out well, so.
2: All right, Hannah, what do you do to unwind?
0: I read or go for a walk.
1: Okay, next question. When are you the most you that you can be? So in other words, when do you feel most like yourself?
0: on a boat on a lake with minimal right. people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if there
2: were an Olympics for everyday activities, what activity would you have a good chance at winning a medal
1: in?
0: Making my bed. All
1: right. <laughs> that's I mean that's a good one. Not a lot of people could probably compete in that uh, event for sure. I don't even participate in that event.
0: It's so. <laughs> more just like, you know, completion grade, but <laughs>
1: Okay, and then last question: Who is your celebrity crush?
0: I don't. I really love Jimmy Fallon. Just enjoy his his work, or John Mulaney, but not really. Mm. Actually, I take that back. Not John Mulaney. <laughs> I thought that's I, like he's like my friend, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy <laughs> Fallon.
2: Okay, cool. All right, thanks for playing. Uh, <laughs> that was great. We love. We always love lightning round. We always love grilling our guests. So, getting back to the topic of baking and feminism. I wonder what you would say to someone who maybe is not stereotypically feminine, but they're in a context that almost demands it of them. Um, For example, like women who are single, who are really independent, and they're really career-oriented, and things like baking or other stereotypically feminine activities are kind of dangled in front of them um, as areas that maybe make them feel shame for their lack of Um, interest or ability in these stereotypical things and perhaps there's cultural things such as ring by spring culture or um, other other cultural tropes that define women relative to a man in their life how would you maybe defend and encourage them using baking as a tool perhaps, or mm-hmm. maybe if that doesn't really work, like how would you encourage them in general to not throw out the baby with the bathwater in terms of not pushing back against women who are more stereotypically feminine?
0: Mm. Well, are you talking to me, Joel? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think when I think like in using the first part of your question like using baking of like being independent like you know i was joking earlier like i can survive the pandemic i can make my own bread but in the sense of like this accomplishment of like well i can you know i can sustain myself and that's like what an independent you know there's you know whatever you want to think about self-sufficiency but um the independence of like being able to do these things for yourself not relying on um the ability to put something out of the store or um, package goods or like things like that. It's like, I think it's really empowering to be able to be like, wow, I, this bread was just, how did this happen? You know, (laughs) Um, being able to do that um, is an act of independence is a way. um, Yeah. To like explore what that means in different avenues. I also think that, you know, like, it, baking doesn't have baking, and even cooking doesn't have to be for someone else. It can be for yourself, and that like I think a lot of times we're told to do things like women. It's like everything you do is for someone else, and like you know you want we want to be selfless. You want to serve people, and that's just true. Everyone like we want to, but also like you know you can just do this thing for you. And like if it's frustrating for you, don't do it. You don't have to do it. <laughs> that's the thing is like if you don't like it, don't do it. <laughs> you don't if you want to eat takeout all the time and always just like buy the break and bake which are fantastic like i mean come on it's already cooked there for you like do that <laughs> like, you don't have to do these things but like if you want to you know knowing it's like you can just do it for yourself just to learn learn something like stretch your mind um be empowered by the act of learning and that you can i mean the internet has so many things you look on the internet trying new trying new things and um being able to um I think something better than, you know, when you put your own cookies in the oven, you're like, oh, this is great. Now I have my own cookies or, you know, I froze bread and then the next week I had it on the freezer. I'm like, this is so great. Like I already had bread in my freezer and like this makes it easy. And, um, you know, I don't think you need an army to cook for it or like people telling you what to do to explore creativity, explore science, exploring um, healthy ways because I mean bread, homemade bread like thinking in that realm is is healthier I mean you're not especially you know the big kick you know at the Gen Z and young millennials like the health kick of you know anti-processed or you know all the factories and all the moral and health issues that might come behind a loaf of bread or whatever you find in the store of like you don't get that with homemade bread you know like you it's like even for gluten-free people homemade bread is possible and um that it's healthier, and you know, where it's coming from. And like, what a great way to take care of yourself and to be independent. And, um, like, you know, I think it's like stretch it, be well-rounded, you know, you don't want to be just one thing. You can be well-rounded and explore all the things in the world.
1: Yeah. It sounds like, uh, really like what's important is just to like, be honest about what you're interested in or not interested in what your capabilities are or not. I think maybe in a similar, um, line i think for a lot of guys there can be maybe insecurity about not being very handy or not being yeah. really into cars like for me i'm not any of those things and uh
0: wait you draw, a Camaro?
1: but here's the deal <laughs> i drive a cool car but that doesn't mean i like know how to like take it apart and put it back together and know the ins and outs like if it broke down I would probably like order a book to figure out like what went wrong and I would like research it and then I would call someone to fix it and I would just like watch them do it so that I could learn about it but I would never want to be a mechanic yeah and I think even just like being honest about those things I was um, the other maybe a couple months ago I was having dinner um, with one of my professors and we were just sitting and he was saying, he was asking, oh, Ted, are you like very handy or, you know, really into cars? And I know you have a sports car. And I said, well, sir, I'm actually not. I'm the opposite of that. And he said, oh, I really appreciate, like, I can relate to that. Like, I love to read books and I don't know how to work on cars. So I feel better that you said that you're also bad at that too. And I think like that's, you know, people we just need to be honest about what our capabilities are, what our interests are, um, you know, for men and women.
0: I agree, I think that like, I definitely see that. I mean, I have a um, little brother, and I'm um, very close with my dad. And my dad is like handyman; he's construction carpenter, and um, like, and that was how my grandfather was. But then my uncle, who married into our family, like isn't like that at all. <laughs> and, like they were like, "Yeah, so we just hire someone and do it." And like, we don't care that like he can't do it around that. You know, he's not that way. And it's like, you know, it's not. You don't have to know how to do those things. You don't have to be good at what everyone expects you to be good at just because of um what you look like or um some imagined role that you're supposed to have you know it's like if that's not what you're good at like reading books is great <laughs> like if that's all you know how to do is fix cars it's awesome like I mean I could never never do that like if you're really great at baking or cooking awesome if you literally can't even make toast like <laughs> it's not it's not about that's not who you are you know it's like you don't want to you don't need to force force a skill or force a hobby Cause you're not going to enjoy it and you're not going to find good outcomes out of it
2: mm-hmm. yeah i can relate a lot to ted i uh i'm not stereotypically masculine i you know do yoga and i love to cook and i don't i barely work out and i barely know any, even though i'm an engineer i still don't understand how car works cars works so
0: i mean yeah you're saying like, i'm not i don't think like, i know nothing about makeup or fashion and i like don't really like i'm really independent and (laughs) like i mean i know how to do my own tires in my car my dad taught me and i like you know like you know it's the guy same thing of like i don't do all the stereotypical like 20 something female roles Mm -hmm. you know and it's like like what does that even mean though you know
2: yeah and i uh i actually really do like fashion ted and i have had a lot of conversations about structuring each other's wardrobes.
0: You he uh, can help me out. I'm bad at that.
2: <laughs> yeah, we can, we can offer our services. <laughs> um, you know, so a- as I've grown up and I've kind of like learned what I like and what I don't like, I've realized like, oh, like I'm definitely breaking a lot of stereotypes in the way that I live my life. And I want to learn how to empower other men and women to do the same something that i've faced is you know maybe i'll be talking with a friend of mine and i'm like hey like i was at yoga class the other day and they're like you do yoga like what the heck that's weird and just realizing that there's still a lot of societal barriers that prevent men in particular from accepting the interests of other men uh i think it seems like women are kind of more accepting of breaking gender stereotypes, but men, mm-hmm. you know, we, we talk about this idea of toxic masculinity, that men are yeah. kind of have a tendency to be more rigid and more um, inflexible when it comes to societal pressure. Maybe, can you comment on why you think that is perhaps some areas that you've observed that and what we yeah. can all do to kind of alleviate those tensions?
0: Yeah, I think from what I see, that's really I think historical of women, kind of like wait, we've always you know you know especially when feminism really started being a growing movement. I think there always were. If you really want to dig deep into history, there's always been sort of a um empowering female movement whatever that looks like whether it be they should learn know how to read you know the controversial start but um (laughs) I think because of that because it's um always been the kind of that shared group experience and identity that as women have been like I'm gonna wear pants and I'm gonna be able to sign for my own credit card or (laughs) um do those things that women have been really supportive in general as a A whole, not necessarily in every sect, but other women branching out and doing new things. And like, it's like, wow, like someone can do that. Well, then I can do some really small thing. Um, So I think for women, it's like, oh yeah, of course it's going to be accepted. It's like, well, you've been oppressed for so long. Like, of course it's okay that you go and like try something new. Like, this is all new for you. Um, But I think for, for men, there's can be, the the changing expectation for men hasn't really changed for women it's like okay how do women have been like really, like voice voicing that and i spoken about like changing expectations and um opening new doors and um but for men it's like well there are a lot of avenues that are already open to me and now always like these like things that are maybe not as stereotypical or like they're unexpected for men to be involved in it's like not as because we don't have that historical movement and it's like there's a lot more it's not that unity within men necessarily because you there's not as much as a gender having to um, come up against it as you know if you're just looking at gender and not not looking at race or um, socioeconomic class so it's like yeah like of course it's going to be strange to break away from that because there's no group identity of like yes go try new things and um, I think there's also naturally a lot of pride um i, mean, I think we all have pride but i think there is some pride of like this is how it's done um and i think men have been told for so long okay you just got to put your head down and get it over with you don't want to be like a girl but it's like no like you know there's there's a wide range of personalities and people and emotions are good and that like doing things activities aren't don't need to be like gender <laughs> gender based mm-hmm. like yoga like why is that you know that's like doesn't make sense like if you think about it too deeply are like that doesn't make sense why it's like more feminine or not you know um but i just think it hasn't they don't have that history Men don't have that history to build off of and go off of that women do of um yeah
2: you could also think about the idea that you know because in the context of patriarchy like men mm-hmm. are on top and women are subjugated and so for a woman to do a stereotypically masculine activity is a promotion but for a man to Mm -hmm. do a stereotypically feminine activity is a demotion and so you can also think about those societal structures like feminine activities are inherently and historically considered lesser and so they're less desirable
0: yeah exactly um yeah i mean it'd be like just some jobs in general too like the blue colour versus a white collar, you always see like, oh, it's a downgrade, but it's not, you know, it's just every job is important. I think it's the same with the different roles or activities we like to do or um in that I I like that um visual. And I grew up like I have a dad my dad's very um like, emotional. I've seen my dad cry all the time. Um so like, I always thought that was normal and he really likes different things and that would more be more feminine. Um but he and so I never I never questioned it for a long time. It's so, like it's like funny to me growing up being like people think that's weird Like, <laughs> why is that different or weird mm-hmm. and i was encouraged you know to be in sports and mow the lawn and do stuff so it's like um it's interesting to see how that like plays out um in actual real world society that's like doesn't make sense when we think about it too deeply you know like why is that a problem but it is
1: ted would you ever be a stay-at-home dad that's a good question. So my dad was actually pretty much the parent who was at home mostly growing up. He's a teacher. He chose that career, and um, one because he wanted my mom to have a really good career, and kind of his choice to be a teacher um, allowed you know her more flexibility to put in the time she needed to at work. She's been very successful um, professionally. A lot of respect for my mom. But also, I think if he's being honest, he loved having summers off and just loved the extra time to do nothing. And so that was part of his motivation too. You know, you can definitely have mo- multiple motivations for doing those. Oh, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, if I could stay home a lot and not have to interact with a ton of people, I'd, I'd be open to it. Um, but I think I also would like to have a career. I think, I don't know. I'd depend like what, you know, if my potential wife had maybe a better career outlook, I would be a realist about that. And I would want to support that if, you know, she could be more successful, like, okay, that's fine. I can stay home and I can write books. Um, You know, I have a lot of time to write if I didn't have to go to work. Um, So I think I could find something to occupy my time. I think it'd be hard to like, want to, I don't have a lot of patience for, like the youngest kids, and so it'd be hard to like do all that part. Like stay-at-home parents, my heart goes out to them because that's hard. That's like that's hard work. Like having to teach little humans how to not die and how to do basic things for themselves is a. It's like an around-the-clock job, uh and it's it's not something you get paid for, uh, but it, it should be a six-figure job. Like keeping a human alive for hour after hour. Like that's, that's a priceless uh, gig. So it's hard work. I don't know. uh, It would depend. That's my answer. It would depend. What about you, Joel? I really think I would love it. Um,
2: I would definitely have to have kids to feel like the need to not work. If that makes sense. Um, Unless there's just like an incredible stream of income coming from my wife. But I don't know. I like work. Like I like doing things with my time. And so I wouldn't just like sit around. Um and I wouldn't be in the house either. I hate being like in the physical house. So I would be that parent that like takes their kids on trips like all all over the place and like explores new places and has a lot of like tactile learning opportunities. Like I would I would love that. I would it would be field trips every day. It would be very non-traditional educational style. But I think I would really enjoy I think I would maybe have be better invested in my creative pursuits if I didn't have if it was completely disconnected from um, my source of income that's kind of how it is now like engineering is my source of income and then all of my creative pursuits are where I put my like passion and creativity and uh, I feel less pressure to like do it all perfectly because it's not tied To my income, and so I think if we disconnect income from what I'm doing, I'm kind of able to like do it better if that makes sense, or I'm able to have more freedom to be creative and think outside the box. And so I think that goes both for hobbies and parenting. Like I think I have the capacity to invest a lot in parenting because I have a lot of patience. Well, I think I do. I mean, you know, I could easily be a parent and like pulling my hair out in like you know however many years. So. Maybe I shouldn't (laughs) overestimate myself, but I really enjoy people. I have a lot of patience in general. Like I love kids. I love spending time with kids and I love teaching them things. And I know there's a lot of dirty work and I know it's not easy and I don't think, I think it'd be a steep learning curve, but especially because I'm the kind of person that wants to, um, that I'm an aspiring feminist, I want to break down toxic masculinity. And so I think being in a role like that would really empower me to really live that out in a lot of ways. I think it'd be an opportunity to both empower my wife to like do what she's best at and thrive in that career. And then also um, empower myself to do something that maybe um, someone more traditional would consider um, demeaning. And I could say like, no, like, I don't think this is demeaning at all. I think this is actually a really noble calling and I want to actively participate in it and I want to do it to the best of my ability. And so kind of like, you know, Hannah, you've been saying there's a lot of freedom in like doing what you're best at and learning what you're best at and being in a context where um, you can really actualize your potential in the best way. And so for me, I think that could be in a career that could be at home, that could be as a parent. Um. I'm the kind of person that's comfortable in a lot of different spaces like that. And so, yeah, I think it'd be fun adventure. I mean, obviously a lot of things would have to line up for that to be possible for me, but yeah, I'm really interested.
0: Yeah. That, you know, it's funny cause <laughs> this is like the tension in like conversation and like anxiety that many women just feel constantly of like, um, you know, I have, I have, some sweet college age friends that, you know, go and look at baby stuff because they just want to be a mom so badly. It's like, it's all they want and want. And then I have, you know, other side spectrum who's like, I can't even look at a man. I never want to get married. <laughs> this whole like spectrum of women. But it's that conversation, that tension of like, you know, you maybe don't get to opt out of that, you know, that conversation. It's more like, um, for women it's really hard and that's something that it's like you're told to think about from like a really early age you know like even like playing pretend as a child if like you don't get to like dream you're right and it is a lot harder <laughs> it's a lot scary I think as a, as a woman I get invited into that circle more with having mom friends and like getting in, like, invited into like that perspective um because it's like that like shared of like I can show you this I can tell you this and um, it's a lot ter- ter- more terrifying <laughs> as a woman watching you're like, I don't know if I want that. Um, being like stay at home or but then I you even know, you know, talk to career, women who have careers and kids and like my about my parents worked full time growing up and it's a huge sacrifice in that too. And it's definitely a it's a it's a hard it's a hard conversation for women and it's weird. Um but I also was thinking when you said Joel, um, like monetizing, how you you do better with um keeping your like credit pursuits separate from money or your source of income. And, you know, I was thinking of in terms of, of baking of like a lot of people to make it legitimate, especially for women, um, into like kind of assert the independence of it is to monetize it. It is like, you know, so she, you know, now everything, every side hustle should be her money, um, on Instagram, but it is a big, I think thing in the world of women and food, of like okay now that i can be a business owner i can use things is to like okay let's just monetize if you're if you bake like monetize it like do something with it um and but you know like i don't really i mean i'm you know i've considered it but you know it's like man i just like to do things i like to do for fun i don't want to have to (laughs) be worried about the money with it
1: you know as we've had this conversation it's made me it's just kind of made some things come to mind. And I think one of those things is I don't think like these kind of topics about um, feminism or gender roles or gender norms. Like, I just like don't think it's something that men and women often talk about like together, like what's the societal expectations, what's been your experience. Um, I'm, I'm curious, but that's just like my perspective. I'm curious, Hannah and Joel, like what do you think? Is this something that, you know, maybe your guy friends have ever talked with you about or, you've ever felt comfortable talking with with girlfriends and and, you know same for you joel like like what what do you guys what's been your experience in my experience this isn't something that's a normal topic of conversation
0: yeah no (laughs) definitely not with um my guy friends typically and not because like of them it's just like that's not the conversation that comes up you know um it's like that's kind of it just would be a kind of a strange, like, I don't know how to even get there The conversation. <laughs> like, how do you transition? And I think it can come up, like, really vaguely, but never a thought. Um, yeah, I really don't remember any conversation. Maybe vaguely I had. I remember one time, like, I I would consider being a stay-at-home mom. I think there's a lot of um, family benefits from that. I remember one time I said that, and one of my sweet friends was like, he told me, he was, you can aspire to more than that. It's like, <laughs> that's not what I meant. Like, <laughs> that's probably the extent of like conversation I had with um, guys about like gender norms and stuff.
2: Yeah. I'll be honest. Something that's really difficult for me is that I want women to be empowered. And so for me, I always prefer women to have careers. It's, mm. it's kind of like this weird idea where sometimes it's difficult for me to accept or or feel like my female friends are empowered if they're not working like if they're stay-at-home parents and i understand that we like a lot of people you know have a lot of different scenarios and a lot of women like are really passionate about that and they they make that choice with autonomy and with empowerment um and i think it's just difficult for me to observe that i think from in my mind if a woman is empowered she won't succumb to the traditional model Mm. um but that's just not true and 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 i really wish that i were able to have deeper conversations with more of the married people married with children people in my life because you know like for example at at uh, the church that ted and i attend the vast vast majority of women um don't work full-time and Mm -hmm. for me I often tie that to tradition and conservatism, um, but that's not always the case. Yeah, um, right. So, yeah, to answer the question, I really enjoy talking about these topics, and so I try to bring it up as much as possible. Um, one, because I want all of the women in my life to feel supported by me, and I want them to know that I like am trying my best to learn what I need to learn and participate as much as I can participate in breaking down gender barriers. Um, and I try to bring it up with guys in my life too, who have a lot of privilege from being in a traditional model and being able to do whatever they want to do. Um, I I don't know. I think, I think I'm comfortable having these conversations and I try to make it happen a lot, but I agree that it doesn't happen enough. Uh, I agree that I wish it happened more and um sometimes it's really just difficult for me to understand when women desire the traditional model or or when women maybe tie a lot of their identity along with their um when they create their identity relative to men in their life i think that kind of yeah. makes me sad and i and i wish i could understand that better and i don't want to be the person to tell them oh you're wrong like you're not liberated Like, that's not my place, obviously, but I wish we could have these conversations more freely and um, without kind of what you were saying at the beginning of the episode, um, the baggage that surrounds terms like feminism.
1: Joel, I'm curious, you know, how does one bring up this conversation? Because I'm kind of imagining that, you know, maybe you're at like a party with some friends and. You know, you get your craft beer, your craft coffee and like Post Malone is like blasting in the background and you're like sitting with your friends like, so gender roles and gender norms. Like, what do you guys think about that? Like, how does one bring it up in a maybe non-awkward, non-vibe killing way? I'm curious what you guys both think about that. Yeah, Hannah, go ahead.
0: Well, probably not that situation. <laughs> I think that exact scenario, maybe not. I mean, I've had some fun theoretical academic conversations at um a similar venue but uh i don't i i don't know honestly i don't um i don't have i don't i don't know
2: (laughs) you know ted i'm gonna say yes that situation you gave i would definitely do it here's how okay so A lot Something Well I mean For those of you who know me You know that I love parties And I have some of my best conversations At parties With blaring music In the background And all the introverts Wanting to go home But (laughs) Uh some of the ways that it happens for me is maybe I'll talk about what I did that weekend. It'll just come up in conversation. Like, Hey, what'd you do this weekend? And I'm like, Oh, I saw little women in theaters and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, like little women. It's by Louise May Alcott. I haven't read the book, but I have a lot of friends who really like it. And so I went with them to see this movie and it talks about four women and how they like struggle a lot. And they head in all these different directions, whether it be romance or career, et cetera. And so using something like a movie that I saw, a month ago or whatever is an avenue to stir up really deep conversations surrounding, you know, Oh, this was like during the civil war and women were had to fight really hard to um, be empowered. Like, what do you think about how women have those opportunities today? Like, do you think they're fully empowered? Why or why not? And so for me, I strategically steer conversations in the ways that I want Um, And a lot of it starts with like, oh, what did you do this weekend? Oh, like what are your hobbies? Oh, um, you like to bake. Do you think that's a stereotypically feminine thing? If so, why or why not? And so I think I've just learned the craft of taking conversations where I want them to go by starting with small talk. And I know my introvert friends hate small talk, but I think small talk is a tool that can be used to go where you want to go.
0: So be warned if you're ever at a party with Joel. <laughs> you might get grilled. <laughs> um, Joel probably, would-
1: probably, probably at your birthday party. That's kind of the last, as you were describing, you know, the introverts, like wanting to leave. Sometimes like, you know, your party was fun, but there were a lot of people when I was there. And I was like, I got to like either leave or like find someone to talk to in a corner. Well, that's why I had, that's why I had an introvert recovery room
0: which was brilliant i was sad to miss that would have been a great room to, to experience um joel my question for you back when before you were talking um you know like what what do you what would what does liberation mean you know like what is it mean to be liberated what does it mean to be empowered um and you mentioned little women i think of uh, which if you haven't seen it yet go incredible film. Also, you need to read the book, Joel. Um, it's, I, I'm, like three, I'm like three chapters in. Chapters.
2: I read like okay, too great. many books at a time, at a time, time so, so I've time had to so put time. that one on pause.
0: Okay. It's a fantastic novel. But, you know, there's a line that um, Emma Watson playing Meg, the oldest sister, she's getting married and, you know, the, the independent Joe who wants a career and scorns marriage is like begging her not to get married and oh, so upset. And she says, just because my dreams are different than yours doesn't make them bad. Um, and, you know, like when I think of being, li- if you want to use the term liberated or empowered, it means that like, you know, like you have the choice, and that's what real freedom is: is you have a choice, um, and that you can, um, you know, happily, and if you want, and you know, like, there's you no, know, there's nothing wrong with you know, the ring by spring is a big joke, especially here in town, but you know, like, if that's what you want and that's what's like then like that's okay you know like if women if you want you know six kids and to live on a farm and to be married by 20 like that's great you have that choice that freedom to choose and if you don't want any of that it's that freedom to choose you know and that being like whether or not you um stay at home mom and you bake all the time and you're you know Betty Crocker basically (laughs) with the iPhone or you are Um, like, living alone and you can barely make toast (laughs) and you are CEO of your company, it's like that doesn't... That's not... You know, neither one of those are markers of progress in society, but it's the fact that you have a choice between those two and no one's questioning that choice is the true... Like, feminism, I think, is that you can do either one and it's okay.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head.
0: I'm also more traditional than people think think about it very mentioned earlier like roles of like you know, I'm a stay-at-home dad I'm like I would rather be the stay-at-home parent like <laughs> like I don't know you know it's so funny to think for that too of like um you know it's like we all have different like thoughts and like desires um, for what we see for the future or what we would want or what we think is good for ourselves and our people
2: Well, Hannah, as we wrap up, what is maybe one thing that you would say to women and one thing that you would say to men about baking and feminism?
0: Mm. To women, I would say um, you don't have to be perfect. It's not that deep. (laughs) Um, Just explore what you want. Um, And for men, I would say um, let loose a little. Try something new. Challenge yourselves.
2: <laughs> Great. Well, thanks so much, Hannah, for being on the program. And where can we find you? Like are you active on social media? Do you maybe have an Instagram devoted to your baking? Uh where people can uh, learn, <laughs> learn how to, how to exercise, exercise this craft.
0: This craft. Uh, um I do have a baking Instagram. I'm not gonna n- not gonna tout it out on here because <laughs> kind of an embarrassing instagram i'm not a food photographer um but if you're thinking about starting basically a essentially um (laughs) i do have um, i am on instagram that's about it at hannah g glass if you just want random instagram stories of my life sometimes i'll put really pretty stuff on my real instagram because i'm really extra proud of whatever i made and if you want to know more about baking and feminism or women in baking and cooking um there's a great um Organization called Cherry Bomb, Bomb with an E at the end, um, and they really highlight a lot of wonderful women and have these discussions like this with other women. Um, would highly recommend checking them out on their website and Instagram.
1: We'll definitely throw those things in the show notes. We'll have our intern throw your uh, Instagram handle in the show <laughs> notes. I'm really disappointed you didn't promo your uh, your baking account. <laughs> I remember when you followed me. Uh, with your baking account I was just very perplexed like what is this is this just like celebrating pictures (laughs) of you eating bread yeah then I then I later realized oh it's just you know for her to chronicle her baking it's Mm -hmm. not just her eating bread so yeah that was funny Um, but anyway Hannah thanks so much for joining us it's been great to have you in studio just sharing your perspective listeners this has been another episode of Ven. Hope you guys stay healthy and um, safe out there. And until next time, shelter in place.